All right, shall we pray? Let's pray. Thank you, Father God, that where two or three are gathered, you're in, you're in the midst. So we thank you, Lord, that you're here. We ask, Father God, that your spirit would be brooding over us and we open our hearts, Father. We want to be fathered by you, Lord. We want to hear what you're saying. We want to know your ways, Father. So I just pray over every single one of us that you would help us to continue to know you more. And I just pray that today you would um, speak to us really clearly and just help me to articulate your heart. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, before we get into anything else, I feel like we need to have a bit of a family chat. Who used to have family chats in their family? We only ever had family. They were always awkward and it was always because someone was in trouble. (laughs) No one's in trouble right now. So everyone can be like, "Ah, sorry. Just the devil's in trouble, that's right. Um, So I just, we wanted to, I want to make mention of Michael Gunner's announcement on Wednesday because everyone's probably thinking about it, talking about it, processing it. Um, And I think it's important that as a church family, we, we talk about these things. And it's okay if you have questions. It's okay if you feel passionate. It's, it's okay. I think um, what's not okay is when we make assumptions about each other and then disengage and we, we see disunity happen. That's not okay. All right? So in this church family, we'll talk about hard things. And we'll talk about things even when we don't all agree. Um, And we'll agree to keep Jesus as the main thing. Amen? So you never have to be afraid of, I need to talk about this. I need to process this. Okay? You can always process it. Okay? Don't be afraid. Okay? That's what we're here for. We're here to be a family. And in family, you just talk about stuff. It gets funky when you don't. All right? So we're not having funkiness. Amen. All right. Okay, so Michael Gunner announced that vaccines would be mandated for any workers that come into contact with vulnerable people in the course of their employment. And so I know that that would affect many of you sitting in this room. Um, It affects me. um, And it includes like our church workers and potentially some of our volunteers as well. So um, I feel like it, it probably touches most people in this room. Um, and I'll start by saying this is not my preference for how things would go, all right? It's probably... We're, most people are probably on the same page there. This is not um, my preference for how things would go, but... I'm so very grateful that I have an intimate relationship with the Lord who made my body and who has called me to do what I'm doing at such a time as this. Um, And you can have that too. You can have an intimate relationship with the Prince of Peace who made you, who knows you and who can guide you in the things that you do and the things that you're called to do. Okay? Amen. Um, 
Sorry, I have made notes because I don't want to forget anything. So if I'm reading a little bit, it's just because I want to articulate things well. So um, I apologise for that. I want to communicate to you all that I deeply care about each one of you. It's like it's true. I, I cry tears over this community when I'm praying when I think about you and I think about some of the situations that you face, um, I don't, you know, this is not just a job for me. I feel like when you're entwined with people's lives, you can't help but, you can't help but love. Um, and, and sometimes that, you know, that, that hurts. I deeply care about each one of you. I deeply care about your life and about your family, and about your job, and about the situation that you might be facing. Okay, I care about that. And I know that um, Pastor Tom and Grace and our elders, Wayne and Sharon, they're exactly the same. Okay, they deeply care about you. Um, We care about the situations you're facing. We care whether you're vaccinated or unvaccinated. We care about you, all right? I care about your jobs, your families, your passions. And I feel like as a church family, it's important for you to know that we'll do everything that we can to continue to love and care for you and keep pointing you to Jesus, who is always the answer. All right, so that's that's always going to be my default. What's Jesus saying? I want to bring the insurance to everyone in our church family that we'll get through this. Okay, this is not, we're not talking, this is what it's going to be like for the next 100 years. Okay, this is a short-term hump in the road. Okay, so we're going to get through it, and it might feel really big right now to you, but we'll get to the other side. And I'm so grateful that we get to run together and that we're not alone. Amen? I also want to encourage you as Christians, I think it's really important that we don't freak out. We look silly when we freak out to the world because we're, we're meant to have the answers, really. We're meant to know the Prince of Peace. So we're not going to freak out. We're not going to get all carried away with an, with an emotional response, all right? Um, it's actually time to tell our souls to be quiet and to tune in with what the Father's saying, okay? Um, And I'm going to tell you over and over again, and I'm sorry if I sound like a dripping tap, but seriously, what is the Father saying to you personally about this? Have you even asked him? Have you taken the time to switch off the noise and seek his heart? Um, because I, I know that I haven't been seeking the Lord about this since Wednesday. Um, I have been seeking the Lord about this for, when did coronavirus start? 2000, like, I've been asking him and positioning my heart before him, saying, Father, what are you saying? Father, what do you want me to do? Father, you know, you know all things. Guide me, direct me. And I feel like that's the the heart posture that we all need to take. So as we step back and take a look, 
um, one of the things that are blatantly obvious to me is that we're in a spiritual battle. Don't have to be um, very spiritually awake to see that. And throughout this whole COVID outbreak and the vaccine debate, we've been fighting against the spirit of fear and the spirit of disunity. And I might even say the spirit of distraction. I feel like those are the three major things. There are other things, yes, but but they're three that really stand out to me. And we know the scripture because we finished um, a series called Armed and Dangerous previously. Ephesians 6.12, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So point number one that we want to make is that our fight is with the spirit of fear, of disunity and of distraction right now. So every time you like just feel like really emotional, really like freaked out, just like remind yourself we're fighting right now against the spirit of fear, the spirit of disunity and the spirit of destruction. And it's important that as the body of Christ, we refuse to partner with those spirits. In fact, we should be seeking to do the very opposite of what those spirits are trying to do. Unity, Strong's Concordance, Henotes, is that how we say it? Henotes, oneness, especially the God-produced unity or oneness between believers. That is the harmony from sharing likeness of nature with the Lord. Wow, isn't that awesome? What unites us? Our political beliefs, our personal opinions, no. We're united because we're following Jesus. We've all been transferred from darkness to light, right? Okay, we're all growing up into the fullness of Christ. Okay, we're all on that journey. We're all knowing him more and more every day. Okay, We've all received a brand new nature. He's taken our heart of stone and he's given us a heart of flesh, a heart to know him. Okay, we've all received the precious gift of the Holy Spirit who comes and fills us and empowers us to be his what? Witnesses on the earth. That's why we have the Holy Spirit. So we can let our light shine before all men and that they might see that God's real. Okay, that's why we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. Okay, all of us in this room, we can all come boldly to the throne room of grace to find help in our time of need, all of us. Okay, this is what unites us. We've all had the experience of once I was lost and now I'm found. All of us. It doesn't mean, unity doesn't mean that we all have to believe the exact same thing about every single little tiny thing. Okay? 
It doesn't mean that. Okay? We will have a lot of views that are the same because the Bible is true. We're governed by this. There are some things that are non-negotiable because the Bible is true, right? But there are lots of things that the Bible doesn't make clear. And so it, it just means that, you know, you make a decision with the Lord and you have a clean conscience before the Lord because all of us will stand before the Lord and give an account of how we live our life. Amen? And it's none of my business whether Tom drinks alcohol or not because that's between him and the Lord. It's none of my business. Do you know what I mean? I, I, can, I can advise if people ask. You know, I can tell people what I think. Okay, but it's like... Yes, if I was... Yes, if Tom was getting drunk, if he was like being irresponsible with alcohol, then I'd probably have something to say about that because the Bible has something to say about that. Amen? Okay. I think the true mark of unity is when we can have differing thoughts and opinions and still come together and pursue Jesus and unite around Jesus and work together to increase the kingdom. All right? Okay, so we're still zoomed out. Um, fight is not against each other or against Michael Gunner or against whatever. It's against, it's a spiritual battle. Still zoomed out. This is a really sucky situation. Okay, COVID, sucky disease. I don't have a better word. It's a sucky disease. It's from the devil. Okay, do you know what? It's really sucky to be a leader right now in any sense. It's sucky to be Michael Gunner. It's sucky to be running a school or a business owner or running an organisation because um, you're, you know, you're forced to do things that maybe you don't agree with or you might feel aren't, aren't the best thing to do, if that makes sense. Um, So I just suggest that before we go criticising people and getting all offended, um, I do suggest that you take a moment to step back and put yourself in other people's shoes. Um, because really, it, it's, it's hard when you're responsible for a lot of people. And if you don't do something, it's bad. And if you do do something, it's bad. And if you don't do something, people are going to be upset with you. And if you do do something, people are going to be upset with you. So it's like, it's hard. It's just hard to be a leader. So, so I just want you to like, keep that in your mind. Just tuck that away. Um, I feel like there's a reason that the Bible tells us to pray for our leaders. Um, Ephesians 4. One to six, still just thinking about unity. I, therefore, this is Paul, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, 
eager to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Well, I pray that over us as a community, that we would all be clothed with humility and gentleness, with patience, and that we would bear with one another in love. That's what I'm praying over all of us, over me, over my family, over every Christian. I'm praying that over um, all of us. Okay, my second point I want to say is what is the Father saying? What is the Father saying? Um, because I've, I've talked to a lot of people. Um, I've talked to a lot of people. Um, and often when I ask that question, people can't answer. And it's really important to spend time with the Lord and get his perspective on this. Really, really important. And to intentionally hear God clearly, you need to intentionally shut off the noise. All right? Shut off the noise. And like I said before, I've been seeking the Lord for clarity on this personally for a lot longer than five days. So I already, I already knew what I would do if it came to this because I've been seeking him in a place of intimacy and I, I have the word of the Lord for me so then I can go and do it in faith, okay? Um, so it just takes you putting aside everything you've read, everyone else's opinions, what your neighbour thinks, what your dad thinks, what... The conversation was last week with whoever. It actually, it actually requires a little bit of discipline and it's like, no, I'm not going to watch that. I'm not going to listen to that. I actually just want to tune into what the Father's saying. It takes discipline to do that and I want to encourage you all, please do that. Please listen to the Father more than you're listening to anything else. I have asked myself a few questions in consultation with the Lord um, and I just thought I'd share some of these questions with you in case it helps you dialogue with the Lord for yourself. Um, one of the questions that I have asked is, what has the Lord called me to do? So it's just like, God, what have you called me to do? I think like that's a really important question. What's the Lord called you to do? Because if he's called you to do it, he will make a way. Amen? Okay, and so for me personally, what, what did the answer look like? Okay, he's called me to love the Lord my God with all my heart, all my soul, all my mind, all my strength. Okay, he's, he's called me to be a wife to my husband and a mother to my four children. He's called me to love, serve, protect and nurture my family. He's called me to be the senior leader of Glory City Darwin. Okay, and finally, he's called me to be love. He's called me to be love. 
um, because love fulfills all commandments, all of them. Um, John thirteen thirty four, a new commandment, Jesus said, I give to you, we say it all the time, that you love one another as I have loved you. By this, the whole world will know that you're my disciples. I remember um, many years ago, I did a coaching call and I was, you know, it was all about your purpose and it was, Christ- it was a Christian one and had to, you know, it was a long process to go through. And at the end, guess what was left? Love. And I was like, this was before I knew any of the things I know now, but I was like, I was a little bit disappointed. I was like, really? That's it? <laughs> That's all I'm alive for? Actually, yeah. We're alive to, we're alive to love. 2 Timothy 1.5, the goal of our instruction is love that issues from a pure heart and a clean conscience. Okay, so that's one. What does the Lord call me to do? Two, in light of what God has called me to do, what will be the consequence of my decision to either take the vaccine or not take the vaccine for me and my family and my, com- and my community? Does my decision prevent me from doing what God has called me to do? Okay, and then I would hear the Lord and then I would be like, God, what, what do you have to say about that? This is like dialoguing with the Lord. It's asking him questions and waiting and being still enough to hear his voice. Because, man, when you hear the voice of God, then there's faith to go and do what he said. And it doesn't matter what Auntie Mary's saying. It doesn't matter. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> when you hear the Lord, it's like I've heard the Lord. I have clarity. I can just go do it. Does that make sense? So this is why it's so important that we cultivate this relationship with the Lord because it just takes away the muddiness. You don't actually have to freak out because you've heard Jesus. You've heard his voice. Um, The third question, what does love look like in this situation? If the goal of my instruction is love and love never fails... Father, please tell me what love looks like. Love never fails. Isn't that awesome? The motive of our heart, it needs to be love, whatever we do. So I I feel like for myself, I have positioned my heart to just, I've like, my prayers have sounded like, Father, I position my heart to hear from you and I'll do what you say. Um, I don't want to be deceived. I don't want to be persuaded by other people's opinions. I want to do what you're doing. Please tell me what to do. Literally, that has been a prayer every day, ever since I've known how to walk with the Lord. It's like, God, tell me what to do. God, lead me, guide me, show me, open my eyes, help me to see what I'm not seeing, help me to hear your voice, guard me against deception, guard me against the enemy. Okay, when you live like that with the Lord, he will direct you. He will. He will. He gives wisdom to those who ask for it. Okay? We actually just have to learn how to walk with him. Okay, the third one. Remember to zoom out. Remember the big picture. 
The kingdom of God is increasing. It is always increasing. And you are a part of that. Okay, so sometimes we can be like, ah, freak out, freak out, oh my gosh, the world's ending. Praise Jesus, he's coming back. If the world's ending, Jesus is coming back. Praise God, let's get some more people saved. Right? It should, it should like actually put a fire under our bottoms. Because man, if the world's ending, we need to rip some people out of that fire. Because eternity's a very long time to be without Jesus. Right? Isaiah 9, 6 to 7. For to us a child is given. Sorry. To us a child is born. To us a son is given. And the government shall be on his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. Right? When you freak out, you need to pray that and declare it and remind yourself of the increase of the government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, we're included in that promise, right? To establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. God will do it. It's not by might nor by power, but by his spirit. God will do it. Man, he's just looking for people that will actually believe what he said and partner with him. Practically, we are seeking the wisdom of God to move forward as a church family together, 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 all right? This will pass. This will pass. Let's just remind ourselves. And we may have to do things slightly differently for a time, but it will pass, okay? The important thing is that we stay together. Amen? The fourth little thing that I just want to encourage you about is be on guard about against offence. This is really important and it takes people out and it's a tool that the devil will use over and over and over again. That's why we talk about things. Even if you're feeling offended, I will not be offended if you come to me and you say, I feel offended, Naomi, I'm feeling offended and I just need to talk about this. Praise God, let's talk about it, okay? Let's, let's not be little islands that go and get offended because then you're just easy pickings for the enemy. He just has a field day when people cut themselves off and they get offended and they're alone in the house and it's just like, oh gosh, he has a field day. It's important that we stay together. Okay, we're here to talk with you. Amen. And journey your unique situation with you. So everyone is facing different things, a unique situation. So I've just cleared my calendar for the next couple of weeks so that I'm available to talk with people if you need me to. Okay, so please make an appointment. Book a time to come and see me, all right? Um, also, our associate pastors, Tom and Grace, they're available. If you're like, oh, I don't really, 
I don't really jive with Naomi. That's okay. Like Tom and Grace, our associate pastors, guess what? We're on the same page, right? So you can talk to them. I encourage you, talk to them, okay? Likewise, Wayne and Sharon, on the same page, okay? Like all of us as a, as a team, like we just want to make sure that everyone um, can talk about their situation and, and sometimes people just need to like debrief and process out loud and there's safe people in this community. I've just said the five people who I'd love you to do that with. So please be intentional to book a time and, and just sit down and have a chat with us, okay? That invitation is there, so you can take it. Um, so our job as leaders, I saw years and years ago, we were in that prayer room and we were praying. It was a leaders meeting and we were, we were praying. I think there were six or seven of us and we were, we were, just, we were just praying in the spirit and I saw a vision um, and it was of a bow and arrow, you know, like, <laughs> that's bow and arrow. Anyway, um, I saw that vision and I was like, God, what is that about? And I felt like he said that the leadership team was like the bow, the bit that you draw back, and the arrow was the church community. And our job was to, like, point our community towards the heart of God and pull it back and, and, and release. Okay, so our job as leaders is always to point you to Jesus and to propel you into the heart of God. Okay, that's, that's my heart posture as a leader of this church community. Okay, because it's so important that you know the Lord for yourself. Okay, when things get tricky, you need to know God for yourself, right? And so that's what we'll always be doing, pointing you to Jesus, pointing you to relationship with Jesus, okay? And I also want to um, just reassure you that we're all mature enough to understand that what God says to Isaiah might be different to what God says to Kevin. And it still might be God, <laughs> Okay, because God's made our bodies, God knows our personal situation, okay, and so we're mature enough to realise that too. Okay, so you don't need to be afraid of, oh, you know, maybe I'm not thinking the same as them. It's okay. It's okay. All right? So as a church, we're going to continue to move forward with the vision. What's the vision? To be a church that looks like Jesus, feels like a family, and impacts the world with the gospel. Right? We're going to keep doing that. And, like, I can't, I don't have a crystal ball, and I can't see everything that's in the future. Okay? But I, I hold structures very lightly. Okay, and I'm just going to do what the Father says to do. Okay, so even if we have to, 
at some time, do something a little bit different, um, that's okay too, all right? I'm not saying that's, that's what will happen. I'm just like, just know that we, we hold everything with open hands and we want to be led by the Lord as a community. Amen? Um, and as a team, we're just working out the mechanics and, and what's best for everyone, what's best for unity. Okay? Praise the Lord. That's all I'm going to say about that. Is everyone okay? Praise God. Um, I want to end by just focusing on the promises of God. Because what we focus on gets larger. What you focus on gets larger. If you focus on a problem, it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Oh my gosh. Until you're like, oh my gosh, my world is ending. (laughs) If you, I could go on and on. Okay, what you focus on increases. So I think it's really important that we're very careful in this hour about what we focus on. And I don't think it's a coincidence. I asked the Lord what he wanted, to pre- what he wanted me to talk about um, on Sunday, last Monday. I don't think it's a coincidence. So I knew that I was going to be talking about the promises of God. I don't think it's a coincidence that I'm talking about it this week, even after the news on Wednesday. I didn't need to change what I'm going to talk about. Right? Amen. What does he want us to focus on? The promises of God. Okay, he doesn't want us focused on what the enemy is doing. He wants us to walk with him in unity and have in union with him and have peace going through any storm and keep focusing on his promises, focusing on what's God doing, what God is doing in the world. That's what God wants us to do, right? How are we going to keep increasing? By going where God's going, by doing what he's doing, by partnering with him. Praise God. So it's important that we feast on the promises of God. And by feasting on them, I mean we need to read them. We need to think about them. We need to talk to the Father about them. We need to ask questions about them. We need to talk to someone else about them. We need to pray them. And we need to believe them. Okay, it's an active thing, feasting. It's like chew, 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 swallow, regurgitate, chew, chew, chew. Like seriously, Keep chewing on it when you're freaking out. What's the promise of God that I can meditate on right now for this situation? There's probably one for every situation that you face, right? A few quotes. One from Smith Wigglesworth. Enter into the promises of God. It is your inheritance. You will do more in one year if you are really filled with the Holy Ghost than you could do in 50 years apart from him. Praise God. Charles Spurgeon. The best praying man is the man who pray, who most believingly... Ugh, I'll start again, sorry. The best praying man is the man who is most believingly familiar with the promises of God. After all, prayer is nothing but taking God's promises to him and saying to him, do as thou hast said. Prayer is the promise utilised. A prayer which is not based on a promise has no true foundation. Wow. 
Hefty, hey. You want to see answered prayers? Pray the promises of God. Amen? There was a man, his name was Everett R. Storms. He was a Canadian school teacher. And he was reading the Bible cover to cover. Um, And it was his 26th time of doing that, I think, just reading the Bible from cover to cover. And he was like, this time when I read it, I'm going to be on the lookout for the promises of God, the promises of God to man. And he found 7,487 promises from God to man. That's a lot of promises that God has made and that we can take to the bank. Amen? All right. Here's some promises. I've got 10. Sorry, I don't have 7,487. I've just got 10 that you can be encouraged and your homework is to find 10 more. Okay? Our little Glory City Darwin chat should be binging off with promises this week. All right? Praise God. All right. First one. God's word does not return to him void. It will accomplish its purpose and it will succeed. Amen. Isaiah 55. This would just be promise, scripture, promise, scripture. I don't need to elaborate really on this stuff because it's a promise. So go home and pray it and talk to the Lord about it. Isaiah 55, 10 to 11. For as the rain and the snow comes down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. Praise God. Do you know what? When God speaks, it will achieve what he's he's sent it out for. All right? So if he's called you to do a job, man, do you think a vaccine mandate's going to stand in the way of that? Has he called you to something? Has he said? Man, you can take it to the bank. There's faith that can be birthed when the Lord says something. Right? 2 Corinthians 1.9, for all the promises of God find their yes in him. Who? Jesus. All of the promises of God. Promise number two, God is with you. Boom. God is with you. This is not rocket science, is it? God is with you. Always. Deuteronomy 31.8, it is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Praise God. Speak that to your soul. Hebrews 13 verse 5. He has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. Take that one to the bank. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. We say this a lot. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Ah, 
Praise God. Can you feel just peace? Yes, God is with me. Romans 8, 38 to 39. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Devil can throw whatever he wants at you. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Number three, promise number three. God will instruct you and teach you. Take it to the bank. Psalm 32 verse 8. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Man, when you're like, I don't know what God's saying. I can't hear him. You tell yourself, there's a promise. God, counsel me. He's got, your, he's got his eye on you. John 16, 13. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. All, 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 all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. We have the Holy Spirit. He will lead us into all truth. Praise God. James 1.5. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Okay, these are little scriptures that you tuck away. And when you hear a lie from the enemy, you pull out a promise of God that's founded and based on the scripture. And you pray it, you declare it, you speak it in the car, you ring up a friend and you, you say, guess what, I just found the promise of God. And you journal it and you say, is there anything else you want to say to me personally about that father? Okay. Yes. Four, when I am weak, God is strong. Who's experienced this one every week for me? 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9 to 10. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. Wow, isn't that a great perspective? That's the Apostle Paul. He's saying, I'm content when I'm weak. I'm content when I've got insults coming at me. I'm content when there's hardships, persecutions, and calamities. Why? Because when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Because it's him that's strong in me. Praise God. Number five, the peace of God will guard my heart and my mind. This is a powerful promise. Man, we've got to take it. You take it. Because the enemy will do everything he can to take this one from you. You've got to take it, sometimes with force. Amen. Philippians 4, 6 to 9, well-known verse that sometimes we think about but we don't actually put into practice. Rejoice in the Lord when? 
Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. But what are we to do then? What do you do when you feel anxious? Right. Let's read. But in everything. What? When you feel like it. In, in what? In just the spiritual things? In just the things that you're freaking out about? In, in everything. Everything. By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God. There's the promise. Man, you've got to do something for that one. There's an exchange. Yeah? Okay, sometimes you've got to do something for the promise to, to drop on you, for the effects of the promise to become manifest, okay? In everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be, to me, let your request be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And it goes on. It just gets better. It tells you what to do after that. Isn't this awesome? Isn't the Word of God just so awesome? Okay, I felt anxious. I've taken my request to the Lord. He said His peace was, would come, but here's an extra step, an extra key for me. Finally, brothers, Whatever is true, whatever is honourable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. There's some things you need to be intentionally thinking about and even practicing to receive the peace of God. Yeah? All right? There's things you can do when you don't feel peace. Go to Philippians. Okay? Philippians 4, 6 to 9. You camp there when you're not feeling peace, and you do what it's telling you to do. Be obedient to the Word of God, and you will be so surprised at how the peace of God can flood your heart and mind in any situation. In any situation. Number six, God will make my path straight. Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, how many? All. Acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. If you're finding that your path is super windy, maybe it's time to check in with the Lord. Seriously, check in with him. God, am I acknowledging you in all my ways? Am I even doing what you've asked me to do? Have I just fallen off the path a little bit? Number seven, God is working everything together for good. Everything. Romans eight twenty eight. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Oh, we've got help again. Praise God. God is strong when I'm weak. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. 
So we have the Holy Spirit interceding on our behalf already. That should bring comfort to us. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, for interceding for me, for you. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. That's you. That's me. Praise God. It's promise. Eight, submit to God and the devil will flee. Simple but profound. James 4, 7 to 8. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. It's not rocket science, is it? It's a promise. Resist, resist, resist the devil and he will flee. Sometimes he's a bit cheeky and you'll resist and he'll come back and poke some more just to see if you're really serious about resisting. So don't get discouraged. You just be like, oh, it's just you again. I'm going to resist and I'm going to draw near to God. And then soon he will know that every time he pokes, you get closer to Jesus. Because you're like, I'm just going to draw near to God. He's going to draw near to me and the devil's going to have to flee. (laughs) Praise God. Nine, God will meet all my needs. Philippians 4, verse 19. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. He'll meet all our needs. And P.S., sometimes we think we have a need and it's not really a need. It's just something that we might want. So just make sure when you're feeling discouraged that God hasn't met your need, maybe just go and ask him, is this actually a need or is this just a want of my flesh? Yeah? (laughs) This is a little P.S. Matthew 6. I've got one more scripture for that. Because it's just so lovely. Matthew six twenty five to 33. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. Oh, can you just imagine Jesus standing here saying this? I, I imagine his voice. I imagine um, seeing his eyes and, and the way that he's speaking. Um, I feel like maybe you should close your eyes and just imagine Jesus speaking to you. Because these are his words. This is in red letters. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more, more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not, more of, are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass in the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he 
not much more clothe you of little faith. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what should we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteous, righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Isn't it beautiful? Such a beautiful promise. What's our job? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And he'll, he'll add all the stuff that we need. All of it. Ten. Last promise. I was like, oh, there's so many even in this one scripture. So salvation has benefits. There's benefits to being saved. Forgiveness. This, this isn't, isn't an extensive list. This is just one scripture's list. But there's other scriptures. This is not extensive. This is a disclaimer. These are not, this is not an extensive list of promises. There are more. There are more scriptures for each of these points, right? Salvation has benefits, forgiveness, healing, redemption, love, mercy, just to name a few. Psalm 103, 2 to 4. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives how much? All your iniquity. Who heals how many diseases? All your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. Ah, don't we serve a beautiful, loving, wonderful, perfect God? Uh, We are so safe when we walk with him and when we keep our eyes on him and when we hear his voice and do what he says. Yeah? Yeah? All right, we're going to end in communion groups. Um, we're going to take communion. And I also have just a little um, sheet of the promises, double-sided. So you can take them home. I'm sorry it's not like designed. It doesn't look very pretty. But you have it. So I want you to chew on them. Perhaps you can share them with someone else. I dare say there'll be conversations in the next week and you, you could be like, hey, there's a promise of God that you could just tap into for that problem right there. Amen?